Hi, I'm Trevor Cochran and this is The Garden Gurus Live, a weekly show where I'll share seasonal gardening advice, feature a variety of gardeners from all across Australia and give listeners the opportunity to interact and ask your garden questions. To join the chat live and ask your gardening questions, all you need to do is like our Facebook page and tune in every Friday at 12pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. This program is brought to you by The Garden Gurus and Scott's Performance Naturals. Scott's Performance Naturals is the 100% natural and sustainable way to grow and feed your garden. Backed by years of research and developed by scientists, the technology employed enhances natural processes, allowing extra strong growth. The Performance Naturals range contains organic materials such as Nature-N, blood and bone, seaweed, biostimulants, manure and feather meal to improve the soil and encourage microbial and earthworm activity. To find out more about the Scott's Performance Naturals range, head to lovethegarden.com.au. Good morning. Hello, I'm Trevor Cochran. Welcome to The Garden Gurus Live. It's another beautiful Friday. Big hello to everybody out there. We've got a lot of uh, lot of friends saying hello. Keenan, we're sending some sun your way to Victoria. I hope that you get a lot of sun and some, some good news too. Things should keep getting better, hopefully, over there. Um, look, it's a wonderful day here in Western Australia. We've got a bit of sun out. We've had rain during the week and springtime is just you know, it's just magical when you get these kinds of conditions. Now, I've got a really good show coming up for you today, packed full of some great, quite inspirational ideas and uh, some guests who will share some terrific knowledge. And I've got uh, some competitions, prizes to give away. Our friends at Fothergills had sent us a whole bunch of seeds. So we've got a packet of seeds for the five, five of our questions. Make sure you ask your question, but when you're asking your question, tell us where you're from, because sometimes it makes a big difference to what the answer might be. For example, at the moment, if you're in northern New South Wales or southern Queensland, it's pretty dry up there and uh, the conditions are very different. So uh, Victoria, as Kenan's pointed out, pretty wet at the moment. So um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's very helpful for me. Now, I am going to ask you a question because I've got a book to give away and uh, I will show you these and I'll get you to think about it. I'll show you them individually and uh, the person who can tell me what they are first will win a copy of Delish, our fabulous book that's just about sold out. So it's one of the very last ones that we've got sitting in the mix. What else have I got for you? Andrew from Love the Garden will share his tips to having a thriving lawn. And I'll talk about my plant of the week. This week it's watercress and I've harvested some fresh from my aquaponic system. But to start the show off, I'm joined by a very special guest. Uh, Renee McLennan um, has, is joining us this morning and Renee is the mayor of the town of uh, Bassendine. There's something that the town of Bassendine is doing uh, as a part of a major um, initiative at the moment that I think is vitally important for our future. Just to put a bit of context, Bassendine sits on these world-famous Bassendine sands. Now, Perth, for those of you on the east coast of Australia, uh, has a lot of sand, but Bassendine sands are particularly special. You see, the World's Food Organisation recognised them as the most nutrient-deficient soils in the world. So if you're trying to start a garden in that environment, it's pretty difficult. But let's start maybe inside the house. And Renee, good morning to you. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Oh, good morning, Trevor. It's nice to speak with you. Yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I have, I'm very lucky. I've seen the program that's coming up this weekend, obviously, before uh, it goes to air. And I, w I had the absolute pleasure of watching Nev talk about FOGO and interviewing you and you talking about it and what it means to the town. So I'm hoping, first of all, you'll start us off. What is FOGO? Yeah, so FOGO is a new waste collection system. So it stands for food organics and garden organics. So instead of people sending all of their food scraps, um, leftover food meals and so on, and their garden waste, all their green lawn clippings and branches and so on, it's separated out in the home and um, processed to be turned into compost. Fabulous. Now, I, I don't think people realise just how much of that organic waste that's been going into the green bin generally uh, ends up going to landfill and landfill's a significant problem. So being able to take these ingredients out, mix them up and then seeing them turn into compost that could come back and actually improve the soil in your garden is a big step forward for us, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. So when we had a look at the bins in our community, more than half of the contents in them was organic matter. And mm. as you say, all of that was going straight to landfill. And we know that that's got so many negative effects for our environment. Um, it produces methane, it um, can contaminate our groundwater, but it also costs our community a lot of money for in the landfill levy. And I know here in Perth, it's $70 a tonne. I think on the East Coast, it might even be double that. So just by simply separating them out at home, it means that not only are we avoiding those costs and the environmental um, impacts, but it's a really good example of a circular economy where that product that was considered waste is now something that is considered really useful and can build up those depleted soils that you described at the beginning. Those world famous Bassendine sands, hey? Yeah. Now you know, I, I... Sorry to interrupt you. I think we um, estimated about 200 kilos per person we're sending. Wow. That's fabulous. I was going to say, how do people implement the system at home? So we've tried to make it as easy as possible for people. So um, as well as getting their, their 240 litre FOGO bin, everyone's getting one of these kitchen caddies as well. So yep. some people were already composting, but lots of people in urban environments either don't have the ability or the space to do so. So we gave everybody one of those caddies and then um, an ongoing supply of these compostable caddy liners. So. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as putting your food scraps into your caddy in your kitchen as you go and then once it's full, taking it down to your bin um, in the caddy liner. So that's a really um, easy way of separating it out without adding too many extra steps to people's daily routine um, but still getting that great outcome where our waste is being effectively separated. That's fantastic. Now, how did the residents of Bassanine find the rollout of FOGO? Has it been something that they've all you know, adopted and, and loved? So our community is very, um, really wants to be as sustainable as possible, reduce our impact on the environment. But like all human beings, change can be. To let people know why this is a good idea. There's been a lot of for people. We've got a fantastic team of waste officers who are just so willing to answer people's questions, to go out to their home, work with them individually if there are things that they're struggling with and try and set it up for them so that the new system works for their individual circumstances because not everybody's household is the same um, and we recognise that and to make it work well for all of us we really need to make sure that we're setting it up so that it is um, it's going to work for everybody so that's been a huge focus um, over the last few months with our community. Renee it's such 
a significant step forward for, for local government, for councils to be taking this kind of initiative. I, I can't commend you strongly enough. I just think this is the future for us because when you look at all that organic material that was once going to landfill, or in some cases it has been composted, it is a massive resource. And when you can bring it back and put it into your garden and enrich the soils with stuff that was once wasted, um, it, it just makes such a big difference to that, that whole closed loop that we're all trying to achieve these days. Oh, and I think I've lost her. Well, that's a bit of a problem. Renee, you disappeared. <laughs> well, look, hopefully we'll find Renee again um, be able to finish this off. But look, I, I do have a lot of questions. In fact, last week we got completely inundated and during the week we've had a lot of questions come in. Now, to help you with your garden questions, to make sure that we answer everything because we just won't get through them all today, we're going to do a Facebook Live Q&A session Monday, 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So if we don't get you to to your question today. Don't worry, we'll definitely get to them on Monday. And um, I will answer a few questions whilst we're waiting to see whether we can get Renee back up. Jean, the past couple of seasons, her irises have turned out white. Now, when she'd originally planted them, they were lovely deep brown and burgundy, and she hasn't divided them for a few years. Could this be the reason? Well, actually, it could be, Jean, but this is what, what's commonly known as reversion. So sometimes this is um, the, the genes are not um, not uh, as strong as they should be, and you'll start to see them revert. Often you'll see it with uh, variegated trees. There'll be a green branch emerge, and because it's completely green, it'll grow stronger, and eventually it'll overtake the variegated tree. Um, in this case, I think this might be what's happened because it's not an unusual thing to see irises have a bit of change of colour because they have been crossbred a lot. So that could be what it is. It could be that you're heading to a whole bunch of white ones, but digging them up and splitting them right now is actually not a bad idea for everything except for the Louisiana iris, the water irises, because they're in flower. So let them flower, and when they finish flowering, then feel comfortable to go and, and divide them. Remember, when you are asking your questions, tell us where you're from, please. It does make such a big difference. Now, uh, let's go down to Perth. Christine in Perth. She's done two weed and feeds on a buffalo lawn and waited a week and then waited a week afterwards and then mowed it. She can no longer see creeping oxalis and wondered if it's worth giving it another weed and feed. Well, the answer to that is no, don't do it. And the reason you don't have to do it, Debbie, is because the, the weed and feed's done its job. If you can't see the oxalis, don't go pouring chemicals on your lawn or garden in any way unnecessarily. You don't need to do that. And in fact, if you find that creeping oxalis starts to return, I would buy a little bag of something called iron sulphate and I would just wet down the little patches where the oxalis comes through and I would sprinkle the dry iron sulphate over the top and it'll burn it out. Um, creeping oxalis can be a real problem, uh, particularly in shady spots. It tends to sort of be smothered out when you've got a healthy lawn and we'll talk about a healthy lawn a bit later on today. What you'll probably find if you've done the weed and feed is that you've got a few patches popping up here and there in the garden and um, or in the lawn area. And uh, as I said, we'll talk about it a bit later on a great way to get your lawn to come back. I've got another question come in from Debbie and she wants to know how to use my compost mix to make up great potting mix. Well, compost is the base of all potting mixes. Um, but what you tend to find is there are a blend of various materials and the, the two other ingredients that are generally added to a compost 
are things such as a coarse river sand or a coarse sand. And ideally, um, if you're going to do that, you probably find that um, putting in a little bit of something along the lines of a controlled release fertiliser will help as well. Because if it's not composted completely, it'll take nitrogen out as it composts down. So there we go. And I think we've found Renee, she's popped back. Thank you. Sorry, we lost you. Yeah, you completely, I couldn't understand a word you were saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're starting to sound like my wife, Renee. <laughs> hey, um, look, thanks for coming back. Now, just just talking through that FOGO rollout, it's obviously been really well received. It's such a great idea. And just to recap, this is basically people separating their waste. Do, do you have two bins or three bins now? Three. So three. we've got the bin, general waste that goes to landfill and the FOGO bin, which yep. has turned into the cost. Do you have an idea on how many... Uh, how many tonnes of organic material that is going to end up being when it's gone through the composting process? Uh, oh, I guess it depends on um, if we're going for the whole community. But as I mentioned before, it's about 200 kilos per person. So okay. an average household, it would be probably around 500 or more kilos a year that we're diverting. Yeah. And um, I would imagine the composting process often, often sees that organics break down, but that's probably 200 kilos of soil conditioner or so at the end of that that potentially yeah. could come back and go into the garden. And, and just to reiterate the importance of that, when you're adding organics into your soil, it, it doesn't matter an awful lot for native plants that have adapted to that soil, but majority of us actually have gardens that have plants that are exotic to the area that we live in. So we do need to enrich the soil. And when you add those kinds of organics in, you reduce water uh, use dramatically and you reduce nutrient leaching and uh, you have a beautiful river that flows through your suburb and the last thing any of us want to see is algal blooms which is the result of nutrients leaching into those rivers so this is a great way to to help improve the environment we live in too isn't it yeah it's fantastic and as you say our community is right on the banks of the swan river um, which has had issues with algal bloom um, in the past and one of the things that we're conscious of doing is trying to reduce our dependence on chemical fertilizers as well so yeah. the more that we have really good quality soil um, and that we can enrich it the, the less that we're going to have to use those artificial fertilizers as well now fogo when when people are setting it off it's going to the emrc tell me a little bit about that yeah. process and where that is yeah so in western australia we have regional councils where we have a number of local governments that work together and particularly for things like waste management, which is common for all of us. So the EMRC is the East Metro Regional Council, which our town is a part of. Uh, so we have a, a new industrial composting technology up there. So once the FOGO material is collected from each household, it's taken up to the Red Hill facility. Uh, and the composting technology basically aerates the material and it's turned and over a number of weeks, it's converted from the waste into that quality compost that we refer to that can then come back to our gardens, to our sporting reserves and, um, and so on. Um, the, the really good thing as well is that we're reducing the emissions to, that we're producing from our waste as well. So even though there's a truck going up to Red Hill, we're almost reducing our emissions by half um, from the waste that our community wow. produces. 
That's a fantastic initiative. Look, it's, I really appreciate you spending some time with us. I know you're a very busy person and I know that this is just part of the bigger picture of what the town of Bassendine is trying to achieve for its residents. And I, I think this is something that all councils should be doing their best to adopt and employ. It's such a big step forward for us broadly as a community right across Australia. And I, I suppose if people want to find out more, they can always um, get in contact with you guys via your website. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, we're one of the early adopters and I think there's lots that we've learned through the process that other communities will be able to benefit from. Benefit from. So we'd love to share that information because this is a, a really simple way that we can make particularly urban living more sustainable and it's cost effective. So there's really no downside to it. So the more that we can help any other communities that are interested, we'd, we'd love to be of assistance. And people that um, would like to see their local governments um, implementing a similar initiative, I'd really encourage them to get in touch with their local leaders because it's something that's a win-win for the environment, for our people and for our budgets as well. Well, it is absolute leadership without doubt. Renee, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I really appreciate your time. Sorry well about our internet issues. <laughs> <laughs> These are the joys. These are the little challenges that we're learning about as we're going along doing this. But it's such a great way to share information with people beyond just our TV show. So we will actually get to see you this weekend on Channel 9. Uh, can't wait to see you at 4.30. And that'll be right across the country, I think, pretty much. Folks, just check your local guides. But you'll get to see Renee in action alongside Nev Passmore. Great. Thanks so much, Trevor. Thanks. We'll see you later. Bye. That's awesome. That's such a great initiative. I am really thrilled to have been able to share that one with you. Now, I do have a few more questions coming through, and not a few more, a lot. So we'll do our best to belt through them. From the Flinders Ranges in South Australia, Yvette has asked, she's got an orange tree that continues to flower and fruit constantly. Now, is this good for the tree? Well, the answer is the tree is producing that flower and that fruit because it wants to reproduce. It's its natural tendency. Some varieties will produce all year round, depending on the conditions that they're growing in. And I reckon you're in one of those unique environments where it's probably one of the navels, I suspect, or there are a couple of Valencias that do tend to fruit at least a couple of times a year. So um, I would be very happy with that. Just make sure you support it with the right nutrients. Uh, a specialised citrus fertiliser is always a good way to go, Yvette. Hope that helps. Uh, across to Victoria, the Mornington Peninsula. Carol, hello. Um, she's got this slimy stuff growing in her lawn and she wants some suggestions on how to get rid of it. Now, I can't tell you exactly what the slimy stuff is, but I suspect that it's either an algae, some kind of algae or, or fungus that's growing in there. And the simplest way to actually move them out of your lawn is to apply some dolomite or even garden lime. So sprinkle it literally over the top of the lawn. Ideally wait until it's actually wet and then just let it slowly seep in underneath the stems. It will clear off that slime very, very quickly. Um, the future, however, to stop it from coming back is something that you do need to do and it's called aeration. So whether you um, get your lawn cord, and you can actually buy these shoes where you walk around and it punches holes in the lawn and it just allows air to get down. The reason that algae is actually building up or that, that fungus is spreading across the top is because you're not getting enough drainage. That's the key. So if you go and do that and then throw a bit of gypsum, which is another type of, of um, calcium, that will improve the structure and the flow of moisture through the soil below the roots and it'll stop that buildup of algae because that's the real solution to the problem. Please make sure, folks, that you are including your suburb and state with your questions. Margot's asked, 
Is it true, and I don't know where you're from, Margot, is it true, what I heard on your show, that grapefruit can take two years to ripen? Well, actually, yeah, it's a long, slow uh, maturing process with grapefruit, which is why they probably cost just a little bit more in the, in the local uh, fruit store. It depends on the variety, but some varieties, particularly in cooler areas, can take a long time. Teller, hello, Teller. Um, Teller's a, a big fan of ours and supporter, and it's great to, uh, to be able to answer a question for you. What is an easy hedge for elderly gardeners? Well, I, I tend to think that anything that's slow growing. So if you're, if you're looking for a small hedge, then something like English or Dutch box is fantastic. But if you're looking for something slightly larger, then you want to try and something that's a bit slower growing. So one of the viburnums might be quite nice. Um, and they tend to be almost an informal hedge as well. You don't have to prune them too tightly to get great results. Okay, so we've got uh, a couple more questions coming through. Uh, Cherie from Bunyip in Victoria. She's got little mushrooms growing throughout a lawn and she's heard it's a good thing. Is it true? The answer, Cherie, is actually it is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's showing a lot of uh, uh, biodiversity in your, in your um, plant species, or in this case, the fungus that's growing through. And what it's doing is it's eating up all the dead organic material that's sitting under the leaf surface of the lawn. So some people don't like it. They say it doesn't look good. It's, you know, I don't like it. I just want nice green lawn. Uh, for those people who want to get rid of them, adding lime is that, that really good way to do it, whether it's the form of dolomite or garden lime, it, it'll do the job. But to be quite honest, I'd leave them. Let them do their own thing. It's not such a bad thing. Now, there are a few people who are sending us photos too, and um, I'm going to start with Lynn from Perth. Now, just a little tip on photos. When you send us a photo, and I'm, I'm sharing this, but um, when you're sending us a photo, try and get it on a sunny day. But the, this is basically a beautiful cleared area, and I thought Lynn was laying a lawn initially, and then I realised she's filled in the swimming pool. They've taken it out, and she wants to know what to do to improve the soil because it's got no goodness in it at all. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we featured a clay material, um, which I love in sandy soils, and I know that you're in Perth, so I know you're dealing with sandy soils. Um, I love adding it in. It's, it's a kaolin, silt, and rock mineral mixture. Uh, it's called Soil Solver, and you'll have to pull our website up and you can find out um, what to get, but you basically put this clay into the soil and you dig it into the top 100 mil or so of soil. And once you've kind of mixed it through, it changes the soil structure forever. It turns it from sand into loam. And loam is the ultimate gardening soil. So whether you're, whether you're putting lawn over the top or alternatively uh, planting plants in there, it won't matter. It's a really good way to improve the soil. Traditionally, we would throw organics in there and mix them into the surface, but they tend to break down. So this is one solution that's a permanent solution. So hope that helps. And Naomi um, from Sydney. Now, I reckon Naomi is the best friend a person could have because she has sent this photo in on behalf of her friend, Troy Kavanagh. And um, what it is, you can see the photos are up there on the screen now, but what it is, is a plant that's been put right next to a swimming pool. And you can see it's growing out or it's a pond. I can't tell you which one it is, but it's, it's a waterway. This particular plant is a ficus. It's called Ficus benjamina, often known as the indoor fig. And it's a wonderful plant indoors, but when you plant it outdoors, it grows into a massive tree. 
and I mean massive tree. And it has the biggest root system you'll ever see. It's up there. You know the figs, the Morton Bay fig with the giant, yeah? Well, this is the same family of plants and it is enormous. I would recommend you remove that tree very quickly because you're gonna find water starts leaking out of that pond or pool very soon because the roots will get in and they will break it down. That's a really good question, Naomi, and um, I really think that, um, that, that that's one that Troy should act on pretty quick. Now, we've got the, t we've got the tease for you today. I I've asked you, we've got a, a book for you to win. It is the Delish book. Please have a go at this. Can you tell me, these plants are all different, okay? So you can see beautiful blue foliage, beautiful crinkled green foliage, crinkled almost black purple foliage, absolutely gorgeous. And this one, it's almost red going through the veins of this leaf. And again, it's, it's quite a raggedy kind of leaf. The interesting thing about these different leaves is they all come from the same group of plants. And these plants are so good for you, they are one of the richest sources of antioxidants that you can get. So what we want you to do is to tell us and be the first one up, hopefully, um, what is this plant that we're showing you right here? And I, I know that there's a few people got it right already because many of you grow it at home. And if you're a hipster, you've probably got it in your smoothie right now as you're sitting watching us. Um, now, uh, I'm going to roll from this plant, which we'll, we'll tell you the answer in a few minutes, to this plant. And I've pulled these out of my, you can see I've packed them up here. I've pulled them out of my pond, out of my, this is actually my aquaponic system. And have a look, this plant is unbelievably good for you. It is watercress. And the reason I grow it in my aquaponic system is these beautiful fine white roots strip all the nutrients out of that water. That nutrient tends to be fish waste and it takes nitrates out, it converts them it converts the water basically into beautiful, fresh, clean water. But most importantly, it's the goodness that's sitting in these leaves. And there's one particular thing that makes this plant so good for you. And that is just a handful, just a small cup full of this thrown into a salad or used in a soup, um, provides you with your total vitamin K requirements for a day. Now, to put it all into context, vitamin K is a, is a really important mineral for us. Um, it does all sorts of things, but most importantly, it makes sure that um, our heart health and our blood health is really, really high. It's very low in calories. It's got very few, few carbs. It's reasonably high in protein, no fat, a little bit of fibre, but vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin K, calcium, very high level of calcium, and manganese. You can see this is a small amount is significantly um, good for, for you in your diet. And it tastes good. If you've not tried watercress before, it's kind of a peppery kind of flavor. And just like members of the same family, so watercress comes from the same family as this plant, which I'm gonna tell you now because we've got so many people answered it correctly. This is kale, so it's the green curly leaf, the Russian kale, the black or dark purple curly leaf, and this one here, the Tuscan kale. Doesn't matter which kale you use, it's the highest source of antioxidants you can get, and 
This is a more complex um, supply of those antioxidants along with a more complex supply of nutrients. So you should be growing this at home and it doesn't matter if you've got a, a small water bowl, a bird feeder, whether you've got yourself a pond or whether you actually just wanna grow a pot, you know, seal the pot and throw some of this in. Uh, now's the time to be putting it into the garden. It's actually producing seed in my garden, um, but um, add it into a salad, it's absolutely delicious. Watercress, you can see how easy it is to grow. You just break pieces off and it takes off. Okay, the winner of our Delish book, drum roll please, is Rosalie Kidney from Melbourne. Rosalie, fantastic, well done, that's, uh, that's great. There was a lot of you answered it right. I'm sorry I don't have a book to give all of you, but thank you for participating in that. And, um, and you will get a copy of Delish and I'll make sure I sign it for you in the mail very, very soon. This program is brought to you by The Garden Gurus and Scott's Performance Naturals. Scott's Performance Naturals is the 100% natural and sustainable way to grow and feed your garden. Backed by years of research and developed by scientists, the technology employed enhances natural processes, allowing extra strong growth. The Performance Naturals range contains organic materials such as Nature-N, blood and bone, seaweed, biostimulants, manure and feather meal to improve the soil, and encourage microbial and earthworm activity. To find out more about the Scott's Performance Naturals range, head to lovethegarden.com.au. Visit the Garden Guru's online store and browse through a collection of high quality, German-made wolf garden tools. You'll also find a range of books with information to help create and maintain a beautiful garden. You can also access the online store on the Garden Guru's Facebook page. Use the code GURUS for free shipping on orders over $30. Offer ends 31st of October. Now, we've been talking a little bit about lawns in recent times and uh, there's a reason for it. We're coming out of winter. A lot of lawns have quite a few patches. In fact, Nigel Ruck did a little bit of a story on making sure that you're cleaning the weeds out of your lawn in a recent episode of The Garden Gurus. The Weed and Feed is a fabulous product when it comes to uh, cleaning a lot of those broadleaf weeds out of lawns, uh, even bindi, um, both buffalo, those broadleaf lawns, and the finer leaf lawns, things like cooch and, and the zoysia grasses, which are quite fine. The, the important thing is that when you actually kill off those weeds, you end up with patches. And it's like, well, what do I do to get the lawn to cover over those patches? And feeding is an important thing, but there's actually something else that you should be doing. And to get some advice on that, I've asked uh, Andrew O'Carrigan, who's the technical officer at Evergreen Garden Care, to join us this morning. Andrew, good morning to you. Hey, Trevor, really good to be here. Thanks for the invite. No, not, not a problem at all. You guys, very few people know lawns quite as well as you do. And it all started back in the beginning with Lawn Builder. And it was the first slow release lawn food that ever came into the market. And it made such a big difference. I know it's the one that the professionals rely on, isn't it? Yeah, thanks for that um, fantastic intro. Lawn Builder is I guess the, the brand that people will find uh, predominantly on the shelves in Bunnings, mm -hmm. and it is the leading slow release uh, formulation that you can put on your lawn. And it's, it's probably the leading brand for a number of good reasons. And it's safe, it's efficacious, it actually really works and does such a fantastic job at you know, that slow feed that a lot of people um, will benefit from. And look, I've got a few bags behind me. The, the range is extensive. So if you've got 
a lawn of a different type that you're not sure about, we've got a, a lawn food specific to that type. And we've got uh, a various number of situations that you know, might give you a speed of green or you know, a particular weed control or even an insect control. So the brand is extensive and for good reason. And, and you know what, the, the thing is, um, you know, you guys, the, the, a lot of the formulations that you guys start with, they're formulated actually for the professional industry. And it just happens to be yeah. that you also service the domestic garden market beautifully. And that's where we really have an advantage with, with lawn builders being this ability to get hold of things that the professionals use. I, I was out on the Wacker, um, the cricket ground over here in Western Australia yesterday and happened to notice that they were using your product and uh, they, had, they had an insecticide um, added to it. So this, this is actually important, right? So you can actually apply a, a feed to your lawn, for example, and control insect attacks, or alternatively, you've got another formulation where you can a, a feed the lawn again with a slow release, but you can actually yeah. control weeds at the same time. Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, lawn builder weed kill in a granular form, so mm -hmm. like you can see in the bags behind me, and that yeah. uh, contains a couple of really good herbicide actives for, for broadleaves. Yep. Um, you've then got an insecticide formulation. So a lot of the insecticide products we supply will have bifenthrin and that's called our grub and insects formula. Mm -hmm. And just going back to your comment about the professional industry, it is the legacy of um, our retail business that we're, we're so good at in, in our market. It's because of the, the professional arm that's really given us a lot of these really fantastic technologies. So uh, these, particular lawn builders are what we call greens grade. So they're very fine uh, granular prills. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got a, a well manicured lawn and you're looking for the right sort of fertilizer to fall within the, the grass blades, a greens grade is what you're after. And that's what you'll see within all of our products. Um, and they, they are of superior technology. So they are high quality methylene ureas, which means a slow release nitrogen. And within those formulations that we have, there's a specific tailoring of uh, individual nutrients for, let's say, a buffalo lawn with uh, requirements for really good calcium and potassium, along with the nitrogen, or even to a turf starter, which is, again, a high calcium, with a bit of phosphorus and good nitrogen there as well. So they are all specific tailored with high quality ingredients. Yeah. Terrific. Now, I, I mentioned before that Nige recently did a story on applying weed and feed over the lawn. And, and uh, this this is, I mean, weed and feed, people have been weed and feeding their lawn or feed and weeding their lawn, depending on how where, you know what you're using, for a long period of time. But you guys have led the way again in this space. But there's something that actually happens as a consequence of that, that requires you to, to then do something else to make sure that you end up with the best lawn in the street. And of course, once you've killed off the weeds, you end up with patches and those patches need to be covered. And the other thing is that sometimes it can cause it to be a little bit unlevel. You end up with little pockets, if you like, where the soil's not quite as even. What's the solution yeah. for that? What's the, what, what is the lawn builder solution to that? The way you're best describing this is for most of the home consumers out there, they do have bits and pieces. They might have a single strand lawn, they might be completely proud and have a fantastic space that's highly manicured. But when you do get weeds and you get them in significant volume, you might get a lot of dandelion, you might get a lot of uh, particular broadleaf that's uh, taking up room. You're right, once you kill that weed, 
it becomes a bear patch. And what you then find is that if you don't look after that bear patch and close it in with grass again, more weeds will eventually come through. So, so our job as um, Scots or Evergreen, as our lawn builder products here are labelled, is to give you the right ingredients to get your lawn to close back in. And we have uh, a product that is called Top Dress and Underlay, Lawn Builder Top Dress and Underlay. So if you go into Bunnings, into the growing media section, and you're looking for a lawn product, uh, you'll find our Lawn Builder Top Dress Underlay there. And mm -hmm. so what we recommend is when you've uh, knocked out the weeds, whether it be a liquid or a granular, and those weeds perished, the lawn builder feed is coming in and it's growing your lawn, but you may need to just fill in those bare patches. And usually it's best to go in with a lawn builder soil mm -hmm. and then over the top you might wish to over-sow or you might sprig with um, the type of lawn that you've got into that bare patch. So sprigging is basically propagating a small piece of turf and yep. putting it in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... it's Something that I've just recently done at home myself. Um, it was only about three three weeks ago, so we went through that process. Ended up with a lot of patches. Um, I also had some other patches that have been caused through wear and tear from from the dogs. And I have one dog that likes to do certain things on the lawn that leaves big yellow patches, and the grass is never super healthy. And you end up with these unlevel sort of areas. And to get it nice and level, I've gone through. This product is a bit different um, to what many people would have used in the past, which would have just been a sand base. It's got a nice organic base in it, which really stimulates strong growth, doesn't it? Yeah, so in our product, it is basically composted um, pine or some other wood waste materials, and it's a really fine texture. So if you're thinking about it as a top dress, it will very much suit falling within the leaf um, grass blades. But then when you have those uneven patches, you might consider that you either lift some of that turf with a, a shovel and mm -hmm. you go underneath with an underlay just to, to level it off or raise that, that bare patch um, slightly before then putting some turf back over the top. So as the name suggests, uh, top dress is really where you are seeing those bare patches and you want to encourage some lateral growth coming in. So you yep. lay it over the top of the surface and you know push it into the leaf blades or underlay whether it be for new turf, you're improving the soil with the organic uh, components and the slow release fertilizer in this product, or you're again just leveling off some undulations by raising up that turf slightly there. Which, which is exactly what I've done, but you do raise a really important um, point, and that is that if anybody's laying a new lawn, don't lay it over a poor quality sand base or, or even a clay base make sure you put this underlay down first. Lawn is just like the plants in your garden. It needs a good soil. And if you do the work before you lay the lawn, it's far less likely mm. that you'll have a lot of problems later on. And even weed problems, because if the lawn's growing strongly and lushly, weeds can't mm. germinate. They won't compete with it. So it's a really important thing to get that side of it right. What else makes this product different? Because it's not just about the composted organics that are sitting in here. You've, you've put some pretty special ingredients into it as well. Yeah, totally. Um, look, the, the Lawn Builder Top Dress uh, comes with a wetting agent built into it. And let's think about you know the, the soil that you might have at your home. If you're on the East Coast in Sydney where, where I am, we haven't had rain for probably about three weeks of good solid rain. And mm -hmm. so your soil will still be quite dry. Um, so let's say if you've got a little bit of sand towards the coast, that soil might actually become repellent. Um, 
from water. So you, you, the more water you put on, the more water you see feed off the surface. Or yep. again, in WA where you are, Trevor, you, you very much get that in a lot of pockets there. So wetting oh. agents will help um, break down those organic barriers that are built up from the, uh, the content and the microbes in the soil. And it just breaks that surface tension down and gets the water going back in. So that's built into our product. So yep. incorporate it into the soil before planting and you'll see the winning agent take action there. Um, we put some iron in because iron's one of those really important elements that go hand in hand with nitrogen. When you're feeding a lawn, you want rapid response um, yep. with growth. So you'll get that from your nitrogens. But if you want the green with the uh, nitrogen to work, it will flow through into the plant cells uh, quite rapidly with our soluble um, irons in there. Mm -hmm. um, some of the other important ingredients, we've got gypsum as a standard within all of our growing media and lawn soil products. So you'll find gypsum is in this and that's important for your calcium yeah. uh, and also for improving soil structure, um, which is a great topic to talk about. It might totally. divert it off you. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. Um, yeah. So overall, this, this has a full spectrum of your, your macronutrients, your nitrogens, uh, your phosphorus, potassium, and then it has the trace elements as well in there. So we highlight iron because that's a really good one for lawns, but we have the full spectrum in there just so that if the consumer is thinking about this product, it's great for overall soil improvement. But again, with the design of the product, fantastic for seeding or for top top dressing on your lawn. And, and look, you know, the, the important thing is that now's the time to get your lawn into good shape. As we get into some really good growing conditions right across Australia, um, if you can sort out these kinds of issues, within just two or three weeks, the lawn will have grown over those patches pretty quickly if they're just sort of normal sort of small patches and you'll have this lush green effect. And, and you mentioned the iron and you mentioned the nitrogen, but this sustained feeding and using those greening elements, those, those minerals that do bring a beautiful dark green lawn, can leave you with this lovely, lush, dark green, healthy, strong lawn and getting the right start now really sets you up for the rest of the season, doesn't it? Look, Trevor, you and I have seen this. Uh, we, we see the response from the use of fertilisers. Uh, good quality compost. We know the benefit of this and I think for your listeners um, out there, the experience you get from actually using these products on your lawn or in your garden, for instance, you will see that absolute rapid response and particularly at this time of year with the warming temperatures. So yeah. the benefit of these is that, you know, your garden will flourish, your lawn will actually grow really nice and tight. And as we're entering these warmer periods, I know that the seasons are sort of trending towards a, a wetter year. Um, don't overlook the benefits of adding compost at any point. Mm -hmm. Don't overlook the benefit of adding a wetting agent. Um, and the fertiliser that comes in this product, remember it's going to give you a feed for roughly about two months. Uh, consider that long-term feeding process from thereafter, which is, again, with any of the, the key range lawn builder products we have. Um, and Andrew, so look, the reason the reason we um, we recommended on the Garden Guru show, the reason we talk to to people like you and Greg Neighbor, is because we know how good this is, and we know that when people use it, they will never be disappointed. And the reason they'll never be disappointed is this is the quality material that the professionals rely on, 
you know, we can't, you know, anybody who's a professional, you know, turf care specialist, whether they be on a bowling green or a golf course, they cannot afford to be let down. And that's the great thing with Evergreen and Lawn Builder has been that, you know, you don't let anybody down. This is something people can trust and get great results with. Greg's the foundational director of all of the R&D that you see currently on the shelf. He's come from that, that sector of the professional industry where, um, you know, it is really dialed in. It's a specialised sort of product for a specialised reason. So he knows very much where he would like his retail products to sit um, so he can get the most uh, coverage or the best, you know, group of customers satisfied with the product. So he's done a lot of work with Lawn Builder, granular products over the years to dial them in so that if you are seeking that buffalo formula, you will certainly get the best buffalo results, et cetera, across the different range. And um, the focus of the, the R&D within Evergreen is to bring the most innovative and efficacious product to market. I think you've got to give consumers uh, the best value for money and you get that out of our lawn builder products. They have great coverage for cost um, of dollar and then you have you know, a great user experience from them as well. They're high quality, high feel, look um, products. So they give you, I think, so many levels of value with that. Yep, and as gardeners, we, we all strive to find something we can trust. And once we trust it, we, we rely on it. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you, you get there. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us. It's been, been a really good chat. I really appreciate your time. And um, if people yeah. want to find out more, they can always visit the Evergreen website. Yeah, you can head over to lovethegarden.com and have a look at the Australia website. You'll find that there's a list of our European cousins and New Zealand as well. So uh, great resources on there, plenty to learn, plenty to go forward with the spring into summer. So thank you, Trevor. Always a pleasure to come on and speak to you. Thanks, All mate. Best. Really, really appreciate you joining us. I've got lots of, of lawn questions to answer now ahead of me, so I'll get on with that. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. All the best. Bye-bye. Now, there's a few questions coming through. Leah, I'm not sure where you're from, Leah, but she wants to know, how do I know what type of grass I have? Best thing to do, I think, is to take a photograph and send it through to us. And we'll probably give you a, a, a pretty good idea. Try and get a bit of detail. Don't shoot it in the dark or in the shade. Try and try and get it the other way around. Um, this is another one from Leah. Um, oh, it's a different Leah. It's Leah from Brisbane. Thanks, Michaela. That's Michaela. You can't see her, but she's the one who helps us along with James and we've got Ben in with us today supporting with the, the show. Leah from Brisbane, her lawn is brown and dry. She thinks it needs a wedding agent and that is exactly what you do need. Um, my recommendation is you apply a wedding agent now, give it a really good soaking and just check your sprinklers to make sure that your lawn is actually getting some water. Lawns do require water, generally two good drinks a week is ideal. And what I mean by that is probably around 10 to 15 mil per drink. And it's one big soaking, probably on a Monday, another big soaking, maybe Thursday or Friday. And that should do the job. Your lawn should be happy as long as the water's getting down in amongst those roots. And that's where a wedding agent comes in. Uh, we got a comment from Jane. Um, she redid her front lawn five years ago and it's now full of weeds. I discovered that my lawnmower was carrying the weed seeds from the backyard. Look, sometimes that'll happen. You'll bring seeds in with a mower. If you've got a lawnmower man, it's a good idea to go and ask him to wash his mower before he goes running it over your lawn. Weed seeds also blow in. So um, it's a bit hard to, to control weeds 
from the point of view of stopping them from entering. But the way you do control weeds is mowing regularly, feeding your lawn on a regular basis, keeping it strong, lush and growing strong. And that will smother out weed seeds before they can get a foothold in the lawn. If you've got shady patches, sometimes you are better to think about if the lawn's getting really thin and weeds are taking over, planting in something that's complementary that will grow in amongst it, but it's not a grass, something like say dichondra, or sometimes it's called kidney weed. And um, that's a, it's a lovely lush green, um, little round leafed ground cover that will grow beautifully in shady patches. It'll blend into your lawn, but it won't take over your lawn. So there's a, there's a little suggestion for you. We're heading to Canberra, which is still pretty cool at the moment, Cheryl, I believe. Can I successfully grow passion fruit in Canberra? Do I need a male and a female plant? Well, the first thing is, yes, you can definitely grow passion fruit. And in Canberra, with very, very cold conditions, the variety to, to get your hands on, or the varieties to get your hands on, are any of the Nellie Kelly varieties. So Nellie Kelly Passion Fruit is a Victorian company. I think it's around 100 years old. They've been around for a long time. And they graft their passion fruit uh, onto a cold climate passion fruit variety called Corolla, um, or the blue flowering passion fruit. Now, in cooler climates, that will grow all year round, and the warmer tropical varieties that are grafted onto the top will produce lots and lots of growth consistently throughout the year. But there, you ask the question about males and females, you don't generally need to do that unless you've got a tropical variety, unless you've got one of the granadilla passion fruits, and some of those get this big, but very rare to see them growing anywhere sort of south of probably Brisbane. I, I have seen them in Sydney, but um, they do need to have a male and female flower pollinated to get fruit. Hannah from South East Victoria, I want to know how close you can espalier citrus trees together. You'll want to have at least two and a half metres, two to two and a half metres between those trees because as they get big and mature, they're going to have to grow up, they're going to have to grow out. You want to give them at least that space for them to be able to spread out. And then espalier citrus trees are sensational because they'll flower all the way up and down that flat front face and then produce beautiful bright orange fruit that just sits out there, it's easy to pick and looks sensational. The look for espaliered citrus is absolutely fantastic. So Hannah, good on you, that's great. Um, staying in Victoria, southwest Victoria, Jody, her apple tree and pear tree both have issues in the fruit where there are black blobs on the skin. Now somebody's told you about a type of grub that that must clip up trees. I'm now I'm not quite sure what that means, but I can tell you what the black blobs are, uh, particularly in pears. You, you do get some blights um, with all of the family of trees, the pommy fruit. So um, that also includes things like quince. They are very common to get this kind of problem. And a simple solution is to apply something called coside. It's a copper, um, uh, a cupric hydroxide, a type of copper um, active ingredient in it and it tends to sterilise off the, um, the, the, um, the bacteria and funguses that cause these kinds of problems. So coside is the answer for you, Jody. I hope that wasn't too drawn out. Watercress comments, Debbie Ann, I make the best watercress soup. That sounds great. I think we need to come over to your place, Debbie Ann. Thank you very much. Mel, can you eat watercress raw? Absolutely. It is, it is delicious. And I mentioned it before, I've just broken something off. 
absolutely delicious. It's very peppery. So if you, um, if you love like a little bit of zing in a salad, adding it to a salad or using it with a um, white wine vinegar dressing as literally as, it's, as it is itself, or if you want to take it to another level and that's chop up some pear and throw in some fresh pear with the peppery flavour of watercress, it is a meal in itself. If you love your greens, it'll be just one of the best, most delicious things that you have had. Wow, we're, um, we're flying along. Jill, what is the best way to grow oregano? Jill, I grow oregano on some raised um, beds, some stone beds in full sun and let it cascade over the top. And it, it spreads through, it's a, it's a ground cover. It's pretty hardy. The key to it is free draining soil, not too much water. So it does prefer to be a little bit on the drier side. And most importantly, it has to be in full sun. Really important, loves that. It will grow into shady spots, but it prefers the full sun. Now, Lois, um, Rubidium mock top that hasn't reshot after pruning, that's a bit of a bad sign, but there's still plenty of green sap but about one third of the trunk has a lot of dead bark. Now, can it be saved? It's 20 years old. I would suggest to you that it will probably come back. Rubinias are almost indestructible and it's highly likely that it's, it's gone into shock after you've pruned it. My recommendation would be to get a seaweed extract and just soak the soil around the base of the stem and it'll take off. Leone from South Australia, I'm wondering what potting soil I should use for a frangipani cutting, please. You can put a frangipani straight into a potting soil. There is the Osmocote Professional Blend. Look for the blue bag is the one that I've been using at home and um, your frangipani will take off in that environment and grow like crazy. Janet, how do we control mealybug in the soil? Now, mealybug is a really significant problem. Um, once it gets in amongst the roots, so initially it's a little white, fluffy, uh, insect that, um, that gets into the axis of the leaves. So where the leaves come out of a stem, it'll sort of get in there, it'll get under the leaf of the stem, eventually it'll make its way into the soil. And once you've got to that point, you have a pretty serious infestation. There's two things you can do. In the soil, you can soak the soil with a wetting agent and get water into the soil and really drench it. Um, and that will kill off the vast majority of them. They're not very active this, this kind time of year. In fact, what they often do is move down the stem and actually go into the soil. So you can do that. You can use chemicals as well to get that same effect. So I think that that's my solution for you. I think we've got one more. No, that's it. That's all of the questions we've got that I'm going to be allowed to answer for you today. That's really what I should be saying. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the day. There's a lot of information flying back and forth. Very interesting topics. Um, FOGO being a pretty amazing initiative. If your local council's not doing it or doesn't know about it, please share that information. And take a look at the lawn. If it's a little bit unlevel, if you've got some pockets, some holes where weeds have died off or if you're about to weed and feed, it's worthwhile looking at that lawn builder top dressing. It is a really good product and it's certainly doing the job at my place. Now, it's, it is, this is the wrap, so I'm, I'm going to say goodbye to you very soon, but I just want to congratulate our winners, Rosalie Kidney in Sydney, who won the book. Well done. Those, uh, those different leaves were kale. And uh, the seeds, this is uh, good news for Jody in Victoria, Cheryl in Canberra, Naomi in Sydney, Carol in Victoria, and Leonie 
in South Australia. Thank you for asking questions and for participating in today's show. The Garden Gurus returns to Channel 9 this weekend. Check your local TV guides, but it's, uh, it's pretty much 4.30 across the country. Just make sure you do check your local guide so you don't miss it. It'll also be at 5pm on Nine Life. And if there's anything that you heard today and you'd like to listen to again, well, you can check out our live stream um, or you can watch or you can catch up on previous episodes via Spotify, Apple Podcast and Podbean. Whew, there's a lot going on, isn't there? The good news is we are back. We'll be back next week. Um, I look forward to seeing you. In fact, it all starts next Monday when we'll, ask, we'll answer some more questions because there are so many different questions that are out there. And we'll see you back here on our Facebook site at 12pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. And remember, um, Daylight Savings began on Sunday. So, um, yeah, we hope that you've had a good time with us and I really appreciate you joining us. I'm Trevor Cochran. We'll see you again soon from all the team here. Have a great day. Dig, 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 digging around. Dig, 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 digging the ground. I got my spade, I got my hoe, I got my rake and I'm ready to go. The Garden Gurus is back on your TV this weekend. Now, we know that this can be a little bit confusing, so listen carefully, folks. We're on 9 and 9HD for New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland and the Northern Territory on Saturday at 12.30pm. For South Australia and Tasmania, we'll be on your screens on Saturdays at 4.30pm. And for those in WA, tune in Sundays at 5.30pm. And on Nine Life across all states, you can watch the Garden Gurus team every Saturday from tomorrow at 5 p.m. Dig, I dig, dig, dig in the ground. Feeling good in the ground. I got my speed, I got my hold, I got my rig, and I'm ready to go. Dig in the ground.